T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Miss something from the Todd Feinberg Show? Don't stress. Listen to the podcast at WTIC.com or on the free Odyssey app. 860-522-9842. Grant number 751-4698. The governor gave his state of the state address, and, and he is so confusing to listen to talks out of both sides of his mouth and, and contradicts at the same time. But thank you for passing the Small Business Boost Fund that has invested so far in over 100 new and expanding companies. This is a, this is a government fund where the government decides what companies should get investors. And we know that government decides these things based on uh, political power for themselves, right? And most of these businesses are led by women and entrepreneurs of color right in the community. See, they take tax dollars and give it to the people they want to give it to so they can brag about having given it to those people to get more votes from them. That's the worst use of government money you can imagine. Look, I spent 30 years in business and I see opportunity through a lens of starting small businesses and helping them grow. But innovation doesn't begin and end in the private sector. It doesn't. Innovation doesn't begin and end in the private sector. Where else does it go on? And I want all of our commissioners and state employees to be empowered to innovate as well. How? We rely too much on subsidies. Wait, wait, did you hear that? He wants the government investing in private businesses because a private enterprise isn't the only innovator. And then he says... We rely too much on subsidies. We rely too much on subsidies. He was just talking two seconds before about how excited he is about that he gets to give subsidies using government money, tax dollars, your money, so he can make private investments on behalf of the government? That's just to be able to buy votes. That's all that's for. It's a, an election rigging scheme. And he's bragging about it while he's contradicting whether it's a good idea or not. It's mind-boggling, these people. 860-522-WTIC. We're going to the BPS Lawyers Traffic Center. There's Mark Christopher for you. Hey, Mark. It's the Todd Feinberg Show, live from the NJ Diet Studios on WTIC News Talk 1080. All right, let's change up a little bit here. My new favoritist of all guests is Harry Vinswanger, who is an objectivist and a board member of the Ayn Rand Institute. Objectivism is the um, philosophy that Ayn Rand developed. The, the philosophy of, of life and government and governance, and, and um, it's really the direction that we're taking with the show now is to look for a replacement 
for the crushing weight of government and the destruction of, of the socialist slash communist system that is being practiced by Connecticut government. So talking to Harry is a great privilege. And Harry, welcome back to the program. Thank you. It's good to be back. So we're going to talk about why the left hates the rich. This is their new thing, and, and I guess why the right is getting on the bandwagon as well, which I'm fascinated by because it's, um, it's an interesting thing. I think the rich are awesome, and we need more of them as a way to compensate against government power. I want more millionaires and billionaires so that we have protectors out there on this side of the government wall. But tell us what's going on, Harry. Well, I think everybody actually wants more millionaires and billionaires. They just don't know it. And the Democratic Party thinks it can kick the rich anytime. They There's no such thing as, oh, that statement is offensive to the rich. You know, you can't offend women, gays, short people, old people, young people. Any group <laughs> is subject to uproar yes. uh, if the slightest derogatory or imagined derogatory word is used in connection with them. But the rich, uh, you can call them parasites. You can call them exploiters. You can say they're shirking their fair share. They should be driven into uh, bankruptcy, really, is what uh, Biden would like to do with some of them. And why is that? Well, it's the philosophy that is two things. The philosophy that holds it's evil to live for your own sake and that the only morality that there is, the only moral credit you get is when you give up values rather than achieve values. And the other thing is that an interesting kind of um, practical view about people, partly due to that altruist, self-sacrificial morality, people mm -hmm think that men's interests conflict so that if somebody has is out for himself and makes a lot of money he must have taken it from someone else so you know marx made his whole philosophy on that on the on the idea that there's uh that that one can't happen without the other yeah that that uh money only changes hands it is not created and uh, wealth, forget money, money is paper, but wealth only changes hands in their views. If somebody's got more, somebody else has got less. Now, I have an interesting thought experiment, if I may. Please. To, uh, to show that no one really believes this. It's like people have their political ideology in a different dimension from how they actually think and act in their practical daily lives. So suppose you're on a boat and it's shipwrecked mm -hmm. and you you have a life boat that you have to paddle to one of two islands. In one island, there is uh, Elon Musk, and he's got incredible wealth on that island. He's got cars. He's got several, a huge palatial home. He's got three swimming pools. He's Rocket ships. Right. right. <laughs> yeah, I guess he's going to jet skis. He's got whatever you think, or yachts, the, the symbol of wealth is he's got it. Okay. After all, he is the world's, what, first or second richest man. Yep. And on the other island, which you could just steer for, there's 
a very poor person who has nothing. He's grubbing for insects in the uh, woods. He eats cockroaches because he has no wealth whatsoever. Now, who in their right minds would steer for the poor island saying, I don't want to be exploited. That guy's poor. He's noble. He's he's uh, spiritually correct. I don't want to go to the Musk Island and get exploited. When you think about it, if you go to the Musk Island, you can say to him, listen, uh, Elon, if you'll uh, give me, oh, the equivalent of $1,000 a day, I'll be glad to lay out all your suits for you in every morning and brush them, or I'll clean your swimming pool, or I'll uh, find some, I'll, I'll make your stereo equipment run better. I'll, Harry, I'll be come on, shoot, shoot a little higher. How about you be willing to have dinner with him and engage in conversation? Well, if it's me, that might be an incentive, but just anybody... <laughs> Anybody would know that to Elon Musk, oh, $1,000 a day? Sure, you must want more than that. I mean, $1,000 a day isn't worth my thinking about. That's the scale that the rich person operates on. Whereas if it's a poor person, he says, you want me to share my cockroaches with you? I'm on the edge of starvation here. I can't give you anything. I can't hire you. I can't supply you with anything. So, no one would uh, uh, choose to not be exploited by going to that island when they could go be exploited, i.e. trade value for value, with a person who has everything. With Elon Musk. Yeah, I think everybody would choose Elon Musk because we know automatically he needs somebody to mow the lawn or, as you point out, any number of things, and he's got the money to pay for it. But not only that, he'd be creating all kinds of activity that would be it would make the culture of, the, of his island be the place you want to be. Well, of course. I mean, the reason why he's so successful is he's, he's a, a genius or near genius. He's so creative. You know, he has four or five different companies. One of them is the Boring Company, uh, humorously named, because they want to drill tunnels for cars to go in, mm-hmm. first in the cities to escape traffic. But then if you drive, if you board a hole from New York to Los Angeles, you could coast down that. And except for friction, you wouldn't have to uh, put in any gas. Uh, Wait, from, from New York to where? The other end. Huh? From New York to where? Los Angeles or anywhere. Anywhere that wouldn't take you through the hot magma of the center of the earth. It's downhill if you go straight through rather than around on top of the surface of a sphere. Oh, I get you. Yep. You see what I mean? Gravity yep. is pulling you down for the first half and pulling you back to decelerate in the second half. And that was an idea that occurred to me many decades ago, and he's actually trying to do it. He's so creative. Yeah, but even if it's a lout, you know, the the mere fact of being rich, suppose he's Elon Musk's son-in-law or something, who has nothing to offer. The mere fact of having a lot of goods is the thing you want to be around. You want to deal with trade with people who don't who have a lot and don't care about a little small bit that they would pay you. 
All right, Harry, let me uh, interrupt for a moment to take this in a slightly different direction. We're talking to Harry Vinswanger. He is a uh, he is an Ayn Rand, a former associate of Ayn Rand's who, who got to work with her and um, continues to pursue this philosophy and communicate it to others. So we're talking about why the left hates the rich and why the left uh, why the, the rich get demonized. But I think there's there's another angle on this that somehow government which is a force of evil on the planet and a dangerous brutal force that just takes what it wants and they're always trying to in, infuse in us narratives that ha, that uh, counter that truth and make it seem like they're the benevolent force and everybody else is dangerous so they talk about how consolidated power is dangerous as long as it's non-governmental they can't stand these rich people who have too much money but the rich people who have too much money can't run up like in the state of connecticut there's about 150 billion dollars of debt that's been run off by the government by making cozy insider deals to give special compensation to state employees that there's no way to pay for and there's no rich person that could do that to us the the average per person debt in the state of connecticut is sixty two thousand dollars i believe the highest in the nation no there's no billionaire who could do that to us only government does things that are that evil and they somehow get away with uh permeating the brains of the average person with this sense that they need to be protected from their fellow man who are who are creating jobs and and great businesses Every time the government gives something to somebody, it has to have taken it from somebody else. So it, it, the government is a zero-sum game. But I don't agree if you're saying that we should get rid of government. I think we should restrain government. Ninety-five percent of current government we should get rid of. But the original founding father's idea was that government is the protector of your rights. And that's a very necessary function. So I, uh, you know, I, I'm not going to bicker over the details of how we get. It would be such a glorious thing to be at the place you're describing. I think it's inevitable yeah. that if you create a government, it ends up becoming what we have today. But it would certainly be nice to go back to the beginning and, and uh, watch as it takes however many, uh, you know, dozens of decades it takes for it, us to be ruined well, again. You have to ask how we rose and how we felt. Mm -hmm. The cause of our rise was philosophy, and the cause of our fall has been philosophy. We were founded on the philosophy of John Locke, in uh, you know who wrote in 1688 the Second Treatise of Government, which is probably the greatest political tract ever written. And uh, we fell as that got regarded as, to quote one philosopher, nonsense upon stilts. So rights were abandoned, <laughs> and then the philosophy of Marx took over, which says from each according to his ability to each according to his need. But you can refute these ideas. Ayn Rand has, and the collectivist, altruist collectivist philosophy that destroyed this country gradually can be prevented from doing so again if people can be convinced of the principles that Ayn Rand espoused. Yeah, well, that's a tough thing to do, and the government is in the business of and has the uh, the megaphone to, on a full-time basis, penetrate our brains with disinformation. I've, I think I have a cut pulled up 
I'm going to see, try to play it for you from the governor of Connecticut giving his state of the state address today. And listen to the nonsensical bull dung that comes out of his mouth. We rely too much on subsidies instead of innovation. Oh, sorry. That's part two of his ridiculous statement. Let me see if I can find part one of it. And most of these businesses are led by women and entrepreneurs of color. Right? No, I didn't even get to the beginning. He's describing a wonderful program that uh, huh. that the legislature recently passed that allows him to invest in, in private enterprises and small business. And most of these businesses are led by women and entrepreneurs of color right in the community. So that's his argument for how wonderful it is that he now has... That's racist. So, so, you know, but, but this is the kind, I want you to hear the rest of it because it's so ridiculous because yeah. he contradicts it. Look, I spent 30 years in business and I see opportunity through a lens of starting small businesses and helping them grow. But innovation doesn't begin and end in the private sector. Okay, so that's the seesaw going one oh. way. Innovation doesn't oh, begin. Oh. <laughs> and, and I have then, to jump in. Well, I have to jump okay. in. Yeah, go ahead. We've just got government, two minutes left. Government is a gun. Write that down. Government is a gun. The distinctive power that only government has is the ability to use physical force to get you to do what they order you to do. So you can't help small businesses. You can only send in the police and everything. There's no innovation unless you mean a, a better way of using the police. It's the power of physical force, and it should only be used in retaliation against those who start the use of force, that is, criminals and foreign invaders. Well, in this case, he's saying he wants to use the force to rob the money from you and me so that he can give it to the business of his choice, which will be a business that will fail, most likely because his purpose in investing that money is not to have a business grow, but to be able to buy votes and, and ingratiate himself with yeah. a certain block of voters. Yeah, and he's not concerned about the racist implication of what he says. No, I'm of giving course not. money. I'm taking money from you, from the average person, to give to a certain race or a certain gender. Yes. That's racism. Yes. Harry, you are delightful to talk to. I wish I could make you my co-host. Oh, thank you. Harry Vinswanger, a, a, uh, a person who spends his life espousing the views of Ayn Rand. He's a board member of the Ayn Rand Institute. He's an objectivist, and he's nice enough to come on the show, and we appreciate it. Harry, we'll talk to you again soon, I hope. Okay. Thank Take you, care. Todd. All righty. How about Harry? Love him. Do you, do you hear how quickly <laughs> he reacted to the, the nonsense that was coming out of Jolly Ned's mouth? 860-522-9842. Let's go over to the BPS Lawyers Traffic Center, and hopefully we'll find Mark Christopher there, and he'll have a traffic update for us. Mark. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Be 
baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Miss something from the Todd Feinberg Show? Don't stress. Listen to the podcast at WTIC.com or on the free Odyssey app. No, no. We don't, we don't do stress. 860-522-9842. Rants in 40 minutes. 860-751-4698. Dave calling from Windsor. Hello, Dave. Hey, how you doing? Nice to have you here. What's going on? Uh, hey, uh, interesting conversation. But uh, what if you get to uh, Musk's Island and, uh, number one, he doesn't need any help. Number two, he says, get out of here. You're peasants, and I don't want you on my island. Uh, you know, and he, or he is hiring people, but not as many as you have on a boat. So <laughs> see you later. Well, you know, you know you're – under the example he was offering us, you you had a choice of two islands: the poor man's island or the rich man. So it's possible. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah I get it's it. possible you could get to that, the poor man's island, and there'd be some bugs left for you, and there'd be room for both of you. But it's, I still, I think we'd put our money on Elon's island, don't you think? Well, yeah, you know, again, hypotheticals are great, but you know, in reality, what would probably happen is you could go down to the Virgin Islands and try to get onto uh, Richard Branson's island. And you're not going to get a foot on that island. So that's the reality of it. Secondly, I got an issue with, and I have an issue, I don't have an issue at all with people making as much money as they possibly can. God bless them. But they're using infrastructure that's paid for by the public. They're using well, public but they're, they're, they're part of the public. I, I understand. But yeah. what if they're not paying enough taxes? I think that's where people have an issue. It's not. Yes, but I think it's completely that, misguided. That, it takes Pardon me? I think it's totally misguided. How could they not be paying? They're, they're running businesses, right? That's how they get yeah. all this money. Sure. So their businesses are paying us all paychecks. So there's taxes off of our paychecks for our retirements. Right. I mean, and, and there's money taken out to pay for our uh, services like health care and uh, the other benefits. And, and the government takes taxes from the business and they're taking taxes from us on a corporate level uh, and a personal level, there's so much money that a rich person pays in, and the rich person is providing the money to generate new businesses and hire new people. So even the stuff they don't, they're not starting by themselves, they're investing in other people's startups. There's no well, way I'm they're not, not the most positive economic force there is. Uh, and you know what, they are. But again, look at what they actually are paying for taxes. Look at what Musk's tax bill was last year. Look at what Bezos well, paid in it, taxes last hang year. Hang on, though. There it's, is a deception, Dave, when they give those numbers, and that is that they are often not paying taxes based on the tax code, which gives them a tax benefit for investing their money in certain directions, and that's deliberately clouded and confused when people are talking about taxes. I've got to hold you right there, I'm afraid, because we're going to the BPS Lawyers Traffic Center right now to talk to Mark. Now, back to the Todd Feinberg Show, live from the NJ Diet Studios on WTIC News Talk 1080. Hang on, hang on. I have to switch my glasses here. 
Well, I have several different pairs, depending on what I'm looking at. I'm always making switches. Joe Markley joins us of the Southington Markleys. Hello, Joseph. Hey, hello, Todd. Uh, happy to be with you. You know, the, I should say the Southington Coles. That was my mother's maiden name, and that her family, um, my family, but on my maternal side, has been there for coming around to 300 years in Southington. Yikes! You had an unfair yeah. advantage. Yeah, yeah. I, I, not something that has come up too often, but I have to say, when I came back to politics in 2010, and people said, "Who, who are you exactly?" I, I was happy to uh, have that history to uh, point to. <laughs> so, um, how many pairs of glasses do you have? I just have one, and it spends most of its time up on top of my head in the uh, great Connecticut tradition of uh, Ella Grasso and John Bailey and some other. Connecticut politicians that used to have their glasses on top of their head all the time. And and do you do you have multiple lenses up there, or how how do you? No, see? I I don't use them for reading. I, I I can get away without them. So really, all I need I really only need them for driving. I, I or looking at things that are far away. The the vote board in the Senate I used to need it to look at. Mm-hmm. So what's but, on your uh, mind today? There's so much wonderful stuff going on. There was the State of the Union, the State of the State. Any particular outrageous comments you wanted to talk about? Well, you know, let's talk about the state of the state. And I'm not in as good a position to discuss it as I was back in the days when I was sitting in the chamber hearing it and getting briefed on it. We pass no um, judgment on you, Joe. (laughs) But what I do know just from reading the coverage is that um, the big news, at least what's getting played as the big news, is uh, a a cut in the the state income tax. And, of course, I'm always going to be in favor of that. Um, I think that uh, uh, given a lot of the other nonsense in the in the budget, which in the budget includes gun control method, uh, measures for Pete's sake, but um, the the income taxes, it's it's good publicity uh, for the Lamont administration that the income tax cuts what's getting the story. Um, one of the funniest things about it, and this is where I feel like the media either doesn't understand, doesn't question, or actually promotes a false narrative, um, is that being counted as part of this income tax cut is an increase in the earned income tax credit, which is not a cut in the income tax. That's a payment that you get. Um, it's a social program, that, basically. It's a social program that people aren't paying taxes. So so how do you somehow can say that counts towards the income tax cut? I don't get it all. And the Democrats have been getting away with that for years and years. In fact, I got attacked on that because I voted against um uh, earned income tax credit, and people said, "Oh, you're you're for raising taxes." I said, "Absolutely not. I'm for cutting spending, and this is state spending. This is the kind of thing that results in higher taxes." Um, and you know, it's all based on this idea. Once upon a time, Milton Friedman, back in the Nixon administration, talked about a negative income tax, and the idea was simply instead of having all these social programs. Why don't we just give the people the money? It would be cheaper. We don't have to set up a bureaucracy. We don't have to have social workers all over the place. We'll just say, if you're earning less than a certain amount, we're going to send you a check. And um, what we've ended up with, with something like the earned income tax credit, is we've got all the social programs anyways, plus we're sending people the check. So it certainly didn't accomplish what the Republicans, who were maybe a little naive, 
uh, were Stupid. thinking they might accomplish back in the 60s. Yes, and, and Milton Friedman, as much as we love him, he was a, a philosopher of the economy, of economics, not a political philosopher, and he was trying to think of what would be the most efficient mechanism that was already constructed that you could use to get money to people, and uh, not realizing the trick that was being provided in the structure that it makes it seem when you call it the earned income tax credit it sounds like it's not a social program but it is just using the uh the taxing agencies as a as a uh, device for getting money sent to people uh, it's another social program that's right it's a, it's a it's it's a social program on top of social programs i'm not aware that anything was eliminated when we put that into into place we simply added another payment on top of if it was else. i'm sure they put it back that's right because you keep saying and you know you have moved me on this issue a little bit too um on the idea that that I, I I do tend to give people credit for wanting to do the right thing and for wanting to help. And uh, you and Senator Sampson have always been saying, no, you know, it's all politics. They're just buying off voters. And the more I see this kind of behavior, the harder it is for me to believe that they don't know what they're doing, um, that they are as cynical as uh, as you tend to think they are. Well, you know, even if they didn't intend to be, if you listen to someone as malicious as the governor talk and say some of the nonsense that comes out of his mouth. Now, I know he's an ignoramus when it comes to government and he has no interest in it, so he has to say the things that are handed to him. But that doesn't mean that he can't scrutinize them and, and interrogate people and find out what makes sense to him and, and whether he wants to be part of it or not. I want to play you a little sequence of the governor I've been playing from today yes, so you can hear how ridiculous some of the stuff he says is. Thank you for passing the Small Business Boost Fund that has invested so far in over 100 new and expanding companies. 100. Now this is, means he takes money away from working people so he can hand it out to people who fit a particular demographic or race or whatever profile. Listen. And most of these businesses are led by women and entrepreneurs of color right in the community. Okay, so he it's it's a vote buying scheme in which he forcibly takes money from people who go to work every day to give to other people to take economic risk with to gamble on a business. And then he says, "Look, I spent 30 years in business and I see opportunity through a lens of starting small businesses and helping them grow." But innovation doesn't begin and end in the private sector. Oh, yeah? Where else does it live? Can you tell us, Joe Markley, where innovation happens, if not in the private sector? It, it, well, it, 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 he's innovative in the, in the BS that he's handing out in the course <laughs> of that, those clips. That's, I'd say there's some innovation involved there. And, of course, it's a little innovative for him to say he's been in business for 30 years. I, I mean, I've always believed that he, he wrote a check to somebody and they went out and started of a course. business. And, yeah. Yes. But, you know, not only are they taking that money away from hardworking people to help selected businesses. And what could be a, a, a clearer um, route to corruption than saying, I'm from the government and I'm going to start doling money out um, to businesses? Yeah, you know? because, I mean, it, because it, investing in businesses isn't just for private sector. Come on, that's for me to do with tax dollars. 
and they're and and they're taking the money away from businesses and giving it to businesses that presumably might be competing against them after so they've just crushed them, a bunch of businesses so they could shut down the economy during COVID. You know, another thing I get a kick out of is him saying, you know, we have this program and it's helped 100 businesses. 100. I mean, is that supposed to be a big number or a small number? I don't oh, have any idea him, what's the. It's very exciting yeah. because for him, because helping people just inspires him so much, you know? Yeah. He doesn't even well, tell us it, how much he put into the businesses. No, no, nor, of course, of course, we find out after the fact, the percentage of these businesses, after they die, or we don't find out after the fact. (laughs) Yes, even better. And let me just let you hear the last little bit. I forget if there's something good here. And I want all of our commissioners and state employees to be empowered to innovate as well. Yeah, he he wants a lot of innovation going on in government, uh, which I guess is code for he wants to waste tax dollars on other things, not just investing in entrepreneurial enterprises of people who are have the right skin color you know they don't it it, the innovation ought to start by saying if i'm a commissioner let me look at the agency i'm running and see where i can save some money Mm -hmm. that should be what they have every one of those commissioners has above on their desk or in a in a uh uh it's framed above their uh above their chair um instead of looking out into the real world where people are already know how to do that it's uh, these people are scary. All right. Since we've got you here, Joe Markley, I've got a cut queued up. I forget what it is of Joe Biden speaking last night. I'm just going to wing it and see what he said. Sure, you know, we're often told that Democrats and Republicans can't work together. But- oh, yes. This is a theme uh, Ned hit as well. I'm not sure where the cut is, but they both did this. So uh, let me play it and then you can explain to me why the president is uh, throwing this malarkey in our direction malarkley you know we're often told that democrats and republicans can't work together but over the past two years we've proved the cynics and naysayers wrong we're building an economy where no one's left behind can you imagine joe biden who has spent the last 90 years of his life in uh at the highest levels of the american government and and he knows how to do that he knows how to do something that simply cannot be done. Uh, but, of course, this, this guy, is lived, has, he's lived in a fantasy world for decades. But I think now that he's, you know, that's his permanent world. And they put the words in front of him on the teleprompter, and then he, and then he staggers back home and puts on his yes. slippers. So back uh, to but, what yeah. you were saying before, though, about... You know how you used to uh, feel, and, and and Rob Sampson and I have been convincing you that uh, you can't feel that that people in elective office don't understand the malicious things that they're doing and espousing. And I, I think these clips are evidence of not only do they want to pursue policy that is not in the best interests of the political organism that they're in charge of, but that they want to do whatever they wish with taxpayer dollars in order to enhance their own ability to win election. There is no political efficacy intended other than their own reelections. And there's no sense of uh, the limitations of their power or that their power ought to be limited. I and mean, this is something that I hold against Trump as well as Biden. But uh, Biden, especially with things like student loan forgiveness, has just been uh, outrageous. 
yeah. in simply saying we're doing it because I say we're doing it. I don't. If Congress doesn't go along with it, then I'm just going to say I don't need Congress. And we've seen this in Connecticut with with many many things that have gone on because of the so-called COVID crisis, the so-called continuing COVID crisis. And at the federal level, the same as the state, um, they're still saying we're in a crisis, not because we are, but because it gives them extraordinary powers. And um, there's too many people in this country that are scared of their own shadow and are willing to let them have them. But also, I think in general, they aren't uh, scared enough of government and what an evil force it is on the planet. And, you know, that our founders were starting America with the idea of having a very restricted set of powers handed over to its governments because they knew what a scary thing it was to start a government. Yes, and we've too many people have gotten over that and see government as the way that people should be helped. Uh, you know, your caller just before who was uh, complaining about Elon Musk's island, and maybe there won't be a job for you when you get there, or maybe he won't let you on the island. It's all fear. So somebody might do something I don't like, therefore I got to get government involved. As government, there's something I can trust. And then you look around and you see what the effect of government has actually been. And if you want to see it, look at our big cities right in Connecticut. That, that Hartford was the richest city in America 100 years ago. And um, in, in, in government actions, both social policies, uh, but even, uh, even the redevelopment and everything else, government has done a number on these, uh, on these cities. And if, yep. we, if we keep giving it power, it's going to keep destroying us. Well, it's a good thing at least Mark Twain still has his house there because there's something literary going on. Everybody else, that's right. Mark Mark would have left by now if he were still around, but uh, uh, the, <laughs> house is, the house is, is something to hang on to. Yeah. All right, Joe Markley, delightful to talk with you. Look forward to doing it again next week. Very good, Todd. Take care. Take care, Joe. 860-522-9842. Coming up in just a few minutes, like about 10 of them, we will be playing the rants. And we take calls, of course, during the rant line time as well. And we'll take some calls after news. 860-751-4698 is the number to call anytime you wish to lay down your own little recorded message that we can play during the rant line time. So what's happening on the roads, you ask? Well... Isn't it convenient that Mark Christopher just happens to be in the BPS Lawyers Traffic Center? Mark. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.